Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Follow a Boss. Follow a Boss is the real estate CRM that turns every agent into a top performer. Follow a Boss is packed with features, but it's intuitive and easy to use. So agents love working with it and it integrates with everything. Use multiple lead sources. Guess what? Follow a Boss keeps them all organized. Want to try new marketing channels? Switch website providers? Plug them right into Follow a Boss. Visit followupboss.com forward slash lab code to see how Follow a Boss helps you close more deals. That's followupboss.com forward slash lab code. Well, this, this episode, we are bringing back a former guest two years ago. And as we were just discussing offline, things have changed, I would argue, much for the better for her. Uh, Jesslyn Oval is back. And this time she was, uh, last time she was coming to us from Toronto in Canada. Now she's coming to us from the Bahamas because, hey, who wouldn't want to live uh, on an island in the Caribbean on the beach? And she is still doing what she's been doing, which is helping real estate professionals go from six figures to seven figures. And, and Jess, what about the person listening right now who's not made it to the six figures yet? Can you speak to them as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think the foundations are actually the same. I think that when we, when we first start out, a lot of the time we're focused on the wrong things and I, I do the same initial exercise with the brand new agent as I do with the, you know, the veteran who's really trying to like create some scale. And that starting point is always vision. Where do you want to be ultimately? And then how can we make every decision and essentially reverse engineer all of the steps of your business back from that point? I think what happens, especially with new agents, and, and we all have fallen into this for years and years, is not getting super clear on what we're building and why we're building it. And then we get super focused only on the next deal, the next deal, the next quarter, the next quarter. And then what ends up happening is we're five years in and we have this business that is not at all what we wanted it to look like because there was no real plan or intentionality behind it. I love it. And that is what we were going to discuss today. But first, we've got to hear the story. So you were episode 76. So if you mm -hmm. didn't catch the first one, it might behoove you to go back and listen to that and then listen to this one and see kind of how things have evolved. But the place I want to start is, okay, obviously, we just went through COVID, right? You and I talked when it was still in the early going of COVID. And yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that that helped migrate you south. Uh, but tell us, you know, what the, the Bahamas, what, why? Yeah. So why not? First question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my husband and I, so we've been, we're coming up on our ninth wedding anniversary and about 11 years ago, we went on our third date to Jamaica and we, we, we were not wow. the normal, like wow. normal dating couple. We went to Jamaica <laughs> for a week and we really, I remember being there and us both thinking, okay, so we obviously are obsessed with each other. And how do we make this something that is like part of our lives? How do we like live? My, there's nothing that my, like my husband's number one goal in life. We joke around was that he would own a palm tree one day. Like that's all he wanted. He's like, I just want to have a palm tree growing on land that I own. And so, you know, in, I guess it was 
a little over a year ago, we we bought, well, maybe it was more than a year ago, we bought the like Canadian dream home. It was like 7,000 square feet, indoor pool, like 70s style, like super, super cool house. And we started the renos on like fully gutting it. And as we were doing the renos and planning things out, my husband kept saying, where are we going to put the palm trees? Like where, like we were looking at different places that had the right humidity that we could put pots in, that we could have palm trees. And we, I basically looked at him and I was like, I feel like we're, we're, we're trying to do, make this into something that it's never going to be. Yes. Okay. We've made this giant investment here, but it's not ever something that we can't, you know, get out of or, or figure out. Maybe now is the time to actually do the thing that we've been talking about for so many years and get out of here. And so we, we, we tend to do things very quickly. We can't, we knew that we didn't want to be in Nassau. We didn't want to be in like a big city. We didn't, we, we wanted something that was like small town, quiet, tiny Island, but with some amenities. So we chose Eleuthera, which is where we live. And we came down for a visit. We absolutely loved it. We looked at a house actually to rent because we were like, hey, you know what? This is a big thing. Maybe we should rent for a year. We came down here to rent. We said, all good, let's let's go. And then the people who own the house decided that they didn't want to rent it as like while we were here looking at the house to rent. And we were like, well, okay, I guess we'll buy it. So it just, everything moved really quickly. We, we'd moved down here within a couple of months and the rest is kind of history. I mean, there was a couple of like deciding factors, one of which, which I, you know, told Jeff right before this, um, was proximity to family. We're an easy two and a half hour flight to all the people that we to, feel to, like. To Nassau. No, to Toronto. No, no, but, but Nassau, is that where you fly into? Well, can you, you can, you can, it, it depends on, depends on the day and it depends on what's going on in the world. There are fewer flights here now because of COVID, but you can fly into Nassau, you can fly into Miami, you can fly into Atlanta or Charlotte and also come direct. There's a lot of different options to get here, or you can charter something and go direct and you can go straight from here, like five minute drive from here straight to Toronto. So we want it to be really close to family. And the other thing that, you know, I think every good entrepreneur has in the back of their mind is taxes. And the tax situation here is very, um, I would say, favorable to businesses. So we, we took advantage of that as well. That's one of the reasons why we chose the Bahamas over, you know, somewhere like Honduras or something like that. So yeah, we just, it all came together and it came together quickly. So this is a real estate podcast. I have to ask you some questions about this because as I'm studying the map now, actually, I didn't realize it's like on the map, it's a stone's throw from Miami. It's not as far as I realized from Miami, uh, which I guess makes sense because I've owned a place in Key West and, you know, people float from, you know, you you can see Cuba essentially yeah. on a clear day. I didn't, you don't think about it, but as I'm looking at Eleuthera, which I didn't know, I'd never heard of it. And yep. you mentioned, so there's a couple of questions I have. First of all, pink sand. It yep. says that tropical island with pink sand and diving pink sand. What, uh, what's, what's the story behind it's that? It's absolutely beautiful. I can't even explain it. Even the beach outside my house is pink sand. You pick it up and there's like flecks of pink in it. It's 
gorgeous. Is that come um, from a rock or something? I guess it must. I think it. I think it's probably like. I think that most of this sand is from like rocks or broken down coral or things like that. The other thing that's really cool about this island is that if you go inland a little bit, there's a lot of really red soil. For those of you who are Canadian, it's really like the, the the soil on Prince Edward Island. And I read something, don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I read something that said that it's because we're in the same like wind pattern from the Sahara Desert. So some of the super, super red sand is actually blowing in from the Sahara, which is, wow. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Wow. And well, and you say inland. I mean, if you look at this on a map. It's super skinny. Right, it's such right. a skinny island. <laughs> there's, there's barely any inland. I feel like you could throw a rock across this island in places yeah that's that's amazing okay so so one more literal real estate question what does you don't have to tell me what your house costs but what does real estate yeah. go for in, in this area massive range we joke around a little bit that it's like it's there, there's no rhyme or reason but you know you it, it if you're on the beach and and you have like direct beach access and you own frontage it is massively different than if you're if you don't Mm -hmm. So we have really great friends here who just bought, you know, a really sweet one bedroom cottage just as a, a jumping off point for them. And they paid around 250 Wow! to get on the, to get actually on the beach with frontage, with a structure and a pool, you're looking in the two plus million range. What, what you would expect, but yet I would argue much more affordable than if you were to buy that in Miami or in A thousand LA. percent, yes. The actual cost of living is quite high here really? because everything has to be imported. Of so like groceries are incredibly expensive. Like a cauliflower can be $14. Well, what about, like, what, about what, like they, what do you source on? Do they source anything on the island? There are some things that do grow here, but I would say the majority of everything is imported. Like, like, yes, there's a place down the street called the Island Farm mm -hmm. and on the Island Farm, like you, you can go and like whatever's grown, you can buy, but it's definitely not feeding the island. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really fascinating. And, and, you know, Hey, for anybody, cause you know, there's been this exodus for real estate agents and y'all know which brokerage out to Puerto Rico. And so I imagine there's probably a lot of people that would consider this. So somebody probably listened to this first piece of the podcast and said, that's really fascinating. And they're doing exactly what I'm doing right now and searching Google maps. And they're going to go learn more about pink sand and, and all that good stuff. And who knows, they might be your neighbor. I would love that. That's really cool. <laughs> I love this. Well, let's let's get uh, let's get into the the meat and potatoes. Uh, you wrote a book, so I'm I guessing did. maybe there was this inspiration from the the waves crashing against the shore. Maybe uh, tell me. Well, the book actually. So I was never the person who grew up thinking, you know, one day I'm going to be an author and I'm going to write a book. It was just that was never in like my realm of possibilities. But um, I started having a lot of people telling me that they'd read this book or they'd read that book and it was specifically geared towards real estate and it was teaching a lot of, you know, no pain, no gain. Like that, that kind of crushing it hustle culture that I truly believe that COVID is, as a, has actually helped us come out of quite a bit. So my book is called More Money, Less Hustle because I really wanted to emphasize the fact that, you know, you get to have all the things that you got into real estate for the unlimited income, the freedom of schedule, the being able to help lots and lots of people without having it be, I guess, like a, a trade-off of life or business. 
so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've talked so much over the years about how much I think getting to seven figures is important for a lot of businesses, but I don't think that I'd ever really given it the, the legs in terms of why. And the why really comes down to because that it's at that point that you actually get to live the lifestyle that people dream of and why people start businesses in the first place. So that's really the foundation for the book. The other thing that I don't know, I mean, I guess I'm a little bit of a, I think, I think I have, I have maybe some existential crisis built into like my psyche. And uh, I started thinking and, and, you know, reading a lot about regrets and the regrets that people have at the end of their lives. And we only get to do this once. It's, it's a crazy thing that we're even here. And so many people say at the end, their biggest regret looking back is that they worked too much. And I think in real estate specifically, that is exacerbated or like exponentially more. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to, to get the message out that, you know, there is a way to have all of the things that you want without necessarily having that regret at the end of the end of your days and looking back and saying, you know what, I worked too much and I didn't prioritize the things that really matter to me because I bought into this. I have to grind and I have to suffer to be successful. Well, and, and you know, my first reaction to that title, and and by the way, Jess is the founder of the Listings Lab. A lot of you might know her from that. Uh, but when I hear that for that title, to me, it's just like, uh, yeah, that's a that's like a that's like a clickbait, right? Everybody <laughs> wants more money and they don't want to have to work for it, and that doesn't exist. And so, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out yeah. and say. I call bullshit, more money, less hustle. Like you gotta, I mean, I'm the, I'm the guy that's creating content saying you got to grind your ass off. That's the mm. reality. Everybody thinks it's easy. It's not easy. If you're not willing to put in the work, you're not going to get the reward, blah, 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 blah. Tell me why, tell me why this, this title is not a cliche title. So the way that I look at it, the way that my business is set up, the way my life is set up, the way basically like the foundations of what we teach is the goal is to get to seven multiple seven figures, because then you have the ability to leverage and stay in your zone of genius. I have tons and tons of seven figure agents who are in, who are in our programs that work three to four hours a day. And that's what they do. They focus, they, they create content. They're the face and the, and, and the core of the brand. Cause it they're allows the them to scale. It, allows, it them allows them to scale. And, you know, a lot of the time they're able to get out of, I'm actually doing a training today called the path out of production. And they don't have to necessarily be in production. They get to leverage. They have, they get to create and use automation for, for a tremendous amount of what they're doing. And then they're using their work time. I'm not saying they're not working at all, but they're using their work time on the highest leverage possible activities so that, you know, their time is worth, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars an hour. And so they're maximizing the time that they're actually working and then everything else in their business is leveraged. And when we do that, it allows them to not only enjoy their business tremendously because they're doing the thing that's actually probably the most fun, but on top of that, they're working hard for a couple of hours and the rest, the rest of the delivery of everything in their business is taken care of. 
What I find the most painful place in a real estate business to be is in that 250 to 500 range because you are successful. And, but a lot of the time you're wearing all the hats. Mm -hmm. And so nothing happens in the business if you don't do it, which is why I teach the seven figure push because sure, you're not gonna get to seven figures without working hard. But the goal of this is to work hard for a short period of time so that you can get there, you can leverage, you can build out some really solid foundations and then you get to enjoy the more money, less hustle. Whereas if you stay or you make the decision to stay in that 200 to 250 to 500 range, you end up just having to work hard always yeah. because you, you can't offload any of those hats that you're wearing. Let's define those people. And so, and I, and I want to digress for a second too. So first of all, that 250 to 500, that's just a a range that, it's a ballpark. that, that, that could apply to you at a hundred that could apply to you yeah. at 750. Right. 100%. But, but that person is the person who refuses to let go. You're yeah. really good at your craft, but you don't trust that anybody can do it as good as you. That's the way I define that. Person. Absolutely. But I want to digress before that, because I know that there's people probably listening to this that are new to real estate and they left mm -hmm. a a, a normal nine to five career where obviously the ceiling was very low. Maybe they couldn't even get to six figures in that, depending on where they are in the country. And they get, got into real estate because there's the sky is the limit. So let's yep. start with that person. And because they haven't even gotten to the 250 to 500 range. And I'm just using that as our example. Yep. Let's help that person's mindset first. Then let's jump to the person who can't let go of anything. So I think that, again, like the, where we started was get clear on what you're building ultimately. Like, where do you want to be five to 10 years from now? And then we get to reverse engineer it. So, you know, if you're using the EOS model or, you know, you're following what, you know, Gino Wickman teaches, right? A lot of that comes down to 10-year, three-year, one-year quarters. And so what we're able to do is reverse engineer the ultimate place that you want to be not only is that really important in terms of focus, but it also, it, it, I find that especially new agents, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome because they don't know what's going to be a game changer and what's not. Right. When we have that ultimate vision and we've reverse engineered it, we really know what, like, what the ultimate thing looks like. It makes it a lot easier to say yes and no. It makes it a lot easier for us to say, yes, that's going to get me closer to that or no, that is a, you know, that's a distraction. I have a coach that I've worked with for years and years, and he, he has always used this analogy of you have two accounts. You have your ego account and you have your bank account and you can't fill both at the same time. So the decisions that you make, and this also applies to the people who are, who don't want to let anything go. Mm -hmm. Are you filling your ego account or are you filling your bank account ultimately? And every decision that you make falls into one of the two categories. And it really helps you sort of define or, or figure out what it is that is going to serve you in terms of moving closer towards that ultimate vision. Okay. So as that person, because I think that person the 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 one that's beneath the first range, the one yeah. that's that just that would be happy to get to that range. They're sitting here right now thinking, "Oh hell, I would be, I would, I would kill to get to 250." Right? That's the person, in my opinion, and I'm very much labeling here. But there, there's, there's, there's got. That's where the grind is is in infancy. 
And yes. you've got to figure out if you've got what it takes to get to that level, which is probably like a top 5% yeah. in the country, right? Mm -hmm. To get to that level, you've got to put in that grind that the majority of your peers are not willing to do. Then once you get there and you've figured it out, you talk to the person who now you've, again, this, I think this is natural, right? I think everybody, once you build it, you're like, all right, I, I, I don't want to let it go. And, mm -hmm. and that's the problem that they then have. And they, they don't ever get to seven figures because they just can't let they go. can't let it go. And, and, you know, so so there's two things that I want to kind of bring up here for the newer agent who is in that infancy stage, like trying to get to the six, six figures or even trying to get to that 250. Even though, yes, there is going to be an element of working harder than you have to at the seven figure mark, um, there's also still ways to be efficient. And I think that even sometimes when we understand what our time is really worth, there are smaller things that can be offloaded. There are smaller things that we can invest our time. And when we're not only thinking about investment in terms of money and we're, we, we include time in the idea of investment, little things like is your, is your time well spent driving two hours to drop off a deposit check? Or can you use that time to create content or work on your marketing or do something that is actually going to bear some fruit and have a courier pay a courier $20 to go and, and, and drop off that check, right? So there's still efficiencies available to you at any level. It's really just a matter of making sure that you're prioritizing the things that are going to be the highest levered activities in your business first. Then when we get to the, the person who is afraid to let things go, the, the way to ease into it, and this is, you know, this comes from Tim Ferriss, this isn't mine, it's the idea of eliminate, automate, and then outsource. And so get really clear on what you're doing every day, audit yourself for an entire week, track absolutely everything and then look at it and say, okay, is there some redundancy here? Are there things that I'm doing that maybe don't actually need to be done? Are there things can, that can be automated? And then only then are there things that can be outsourced. So outsourcing, in my opinion, is the last step because what it allows us to do is also be more efficient from a time standpoint and from a financial standpoint. There are people out there who, you know, have, have had their license forever, built some big businesses in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, maybe even the early 2000s before we had software and before we had the technology that we have today mm -hmm. that are still outsourcing things that, be, you know, paying someone $20 an hour to do a task or to do a series of tasks that could be done by a piece of software for $500 a year. So it really comes down to, are we looking at the business in terms of time efficiency and financial efficiency first? Because it's possible that you can even at the level that you're at, either stay where you are and work a lot less, whether you're at seven figures or not, or buy back some of that time, even through software, even just through automation and some systems and reinvest that time back into business generating activities that will give you that next level bump. I love it. And, and the way I would describe this, and we talk about this in our business all the time is with, with my partners, it's like, you've got to get on the business and get out of the business. Yes. And, and it's hard to quantify or understand what that means when you are fully entrenched in the business. When you are the business. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to understand what it means to get on the business. And, and I wanted to say that because I think that might resonate with some. So as we talk to that 
group of people, which is a lot in the real estate world, the, that 250 to 500 range that we're talking about here, you know, what are those steps? Is, is it a mental thing? Is it psychological? Is it, is it, is it something that's very tangible that they can, that they can flip a switch or turn a spigot and things change? How do you advise somebody to get now to, to get past that point? I think it's a little different for each person. Some people, yes, it's going to be some mindset work. Everything requires some mindset work, right? Because we are where we are because the, uh, in most cases, those are the limitations of what we can see. But then on top of that, we also have the, okay, what's the next step? What's the next tangible thing that we can do or change that we can make? That comes down to, we do something that we call an energy audit which again is that full tracking of everything. Let's say everything you do in a normal week and then going through that and saying, you know, is this in my zone of genius? And what is the actual, what is the actual value, monetary value that we would give to each of these tasks? Immediately what we want to do is take those lowest level tasks and go through the eliminate, automate, outsource process because those should not be on your plate no matter what. Also, if there's things in there that you are genuinely just not good at, like there's so many people out there who are true entrepreneurs and visionaries and are so good at the real estate human side of things that are spending so many hours doing paperwork that really at the end of the day, that's draining them. And it's taking away from the energy and the time that they have towards actually working on the business, which is going to be things that are going to generate more business or more efficiency or, or whatever that looks like for you. So that's the first process that I like to go through is the task audit um, and then go through the process of removing the lowest cost, the lowest cost or the lowest value things on your plate. Sometimes those are personal things and they're not necessarily just in the business. So, you know, a lot of the time what people will do is they'll have the most efficient business on the planet and then they're going home and spending three hours doing laundry. Now, is that the highest and best use of your time or should someone else be doing that laundry and you should be actually resting so that you're, you're maximizing not only energy, but also brand, bandwidth and, and brain capacity and, and all of these things. So we want to look at it as kind of like a, a total like life holistic approach, and then get off the things off of your plate that aren't necessarily going to serve you at the level of business that you're at. So you don't have to go from zero to a hundred overnight, but it gives you basically a checklist of things that you're going to eliminate, automate, outsource, let's say over the next three to six months. And then every six months, you can go through this same process and remove more and more things. And when you remove those more things, you either have more free time or you have more time to invest back into the things that are going to make you more money. And all of this is kind of a cycle that then compounds over time and creates growth. You know, one of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, you just mentioned the rest piece, which actually scares me when somebody says something like that. Cause I feel like people will take that out of context. Be like, Oh, sweet. Just said I could go home and lay on the couch and watch Netflix <laughs> and I'll make more money. But, but the other thing that you said that, that I think a lot of people don't understand very well and it, and it hits, it's obviously a very, it has a special place in my heart is content creation uh, because mm -hmm. it's had a massive impact on my business. As you can see, mm -hmm. uh, that is a big piece of my business and I'm very, uh, I'm very passionate about it, but that is one of those like 
light bulb moments for people that I think a lot of professionals struggle with. You even mention it in your about section on Amazon, where you say uh, something about in an age where algorithms rule the world, right? And that's the piece of our world that is evolving. If you're not already there, I think I feel like you need to wrap your head around getting there, but I'd like your take on that because you know you mentioned it, like as you get on the business and you get to that point of more money, less hustle, the whole point is you're spending more time, which is less time in the grand scheme of things, but focusing on money-making activity. Yep. You've mentioned content creation. Yep. Tell our audience kind of why that's so important and kind of maybe go a little deep on that. So the number one thing that I hear agents say is that they want to outsource their content creation. And it is the last thing that you should ever be giving to somebody else. It is the face and the brand and the voice, and it is the soul of what you create and how the world looks at you. So often I think real estate professionals in general misunderstand what the word brand means. They think that a brand is colors and logos and fonts. Your brand is not just the visual, the visual side of your brand. You can have a terrible visual brand and still be super, super successful. The, the brand is what people say about you and what the stories that they remember about you when you're not in the room. And all of that comes through, through content. If you go outside right now and you look around or you go to a restaurant or you go to basically anywhere, where is everybody's attention? It's on their phones, right? And so it's so shocking to me that people don't understand that they need to show up consistently where the attention is. And that's where people are spending their time. And that's where people are building relationships and building trust and that the it, it's, it's the primary place that people spend their free time at the moment. So why wouldn't you maximize your impact for your business off of those platforms? It is, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to sit and not schedule out content or not have a VA that like manages some video editing here or there, but I'm saying that the actual creation of the message, the content, the voice, what is actually coming out of your mouth should now, should not be outsourced to some company that's going to drop some vague quote into Canva and post it on your social media and call it a day. Mm -hmm. This is literally the most powerful thing that you have access to right now that we've never had access to before. So if people aren't using it and aren't using it efficiently and effectively, in my opinion, I don't think that they're going to last because we have, you know, let, let's just think of it in terms of science, right? Those that survive and thrive are the ones that are the most adaptable, whether you're an organism or you're a business or you're a species or whatever, and we're at a time right now where three quarters of the real estate industry is fighting social media. And they're saying, I don't like social media. Well, I don't really care if you like social media or not. The entire population is spending their time on social media. So you can either get on it and use it as you don't have to spend all of your free time on social media. You don't have to be a TikTok scroller. But what you do have to do is you have to create content. You have to show up in front of people on a regular basis. You have to build relationships at scale. Otherwise, you are going to stop being relevant. And relevancy is the number one thing that matters from a marketing standpoint. You will get to a point where it doesn't matter how many postcards you send out. It won't work 
because you have no online presence. When people Google you, Facebook comes up first. And if you don't have a relevant, well, you know, well-designed, but also highly engaged Facebook profile, you're- And, re and recent, and recent. And recent, and recent, but also like, people are going to go on there and they're going to binge your content. And that is that, like, that has, in my opinion, essentially become your website. Yeah. You know, people were, you know, even really great marketers, we're not driving traffic to websites anymore because that's not the most effective way to, from a psychological standpoint, get someone from stranger to client. Uh, and to our audience listening, who knows me, I didn't pay her to say any of that. Uh, <laughs> that that came out of her own mouth. Um, and and I, I obviously, Jess, I don't I don't know how well you know me, but you know we Tristan and I coach on social. We have a Facebook mm. group built around yep. social and news, yep. drunk on social. And and but the, one of the things I want to ask you, I want I want you to expand upon, is the lack of outsourcing because. There's a couple of questions I want to ask you about this, just because I like to get outside perspective. I've already made a note. I'm going back to this point in the podcast and I'm snipping some of these clips of you saying this stuff and I'm using it. Uh, but but you, you mentioned that outsourcing piece and there's so many like, you know, if you have any presence or spend any time on Instagram, you've gotten DM'd at some point yeah. with somebody saying, buy followers, we'll do the posting for you, blah, 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 blah. And, and it's easy to be like, oh, sweet. I can do what Jess and Jeff talk about and I can just pay somebody to do it for me and bam, magically, it's going to grow my business. And the answer is no, it won't. No, Why? it'll cost you money. You can put that money into a shoe and you can set it on fire <laughs> because really at the end of the day, Every single message has to be curated towards you, your market, and the demographic that you want to attract. And no marketing, so all of these social media marketing agencies and things like that that are taking, that are taking vague content or random infographics and just designing them and shoving them up in front of people, first of all, there's no messaging there. An infographic, in my opinion, is not at all effective unless the data is interpreted by the expert the person who is actually building that, building that brand or being that voice. Every single person has a personal brand, whether you want to or not. It's a matter of how powerful it actually is. And if I go on, let's say, to hire whoever, doesn't matter what, what I'm looking for, and I Google them, and you know, Facebook comes up, or I, I, I search on social media or any social media platform for them, and, you know, it's a picture of their, of their dog and a sunset on their, on their, their cover photo. Mm -hmm. My thought process is they don't take things seriously. This isn't a serious business. And truly at the end of the day, you have to control the message that goes out. There's a lot of things in your business that you can outsource, but you cannot outsource the voice and the the actual content that becomes every, like it, this is the foundation of who you are and who your business is in the world. I, I just, it, I think it's so, so important that people understand that it doesn't matter if you have an accent that's going to work for you. It's not going to work against you. It doesn't matter that you don't like what you look like on camera. It doesn't like none of this stuff matters because every single person out there will resonate with someone. And if you, if they can't find you, 
you have zero chance of that person finding you, getting to know you and resonating with you. The foundation of marketing is, you know, we hear this thrown around all the time. You have to build no like and trust. How can you build no like and trust if you don't have content? It's impossible today. So really what you're doing is you're actually setting yourself up to expire in the world that we live in. And I think that's a really dangerous game to play. And unless you're planning on retiring in the next couple of years, it's, it's, it's a non-negotiable. You don't have a choice. Yeah, I agree. And, and frankly, in those of you that say, you know what, I'm all in, I'm going to do it. The other thing I, I always tell people, and I speak on this all the time, in fact, I'm going from this podcast to speaking to a, a board of realtors in Houston and about social, and I'm going to tell them that they suck at marketing and they're all spammers mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to social. Uh, they all they all pay for you know services, whether it's TiVo type services or apps, and you pay to avoid ads yet you go on to social and are you all, all all you do is one big advertisement about the awards you won the listings you have the buyer you just closed and the reality is that's just getting seen by your peers not by the people that you actually intended for which is buyers and sellers because they don't care mm-hmm. and and that's where you lean that's where going back to what you said about outsourcing like you can't outsource authenticity and, no. and it drives me nuts when the other thing that drives me nuts and still to this day, I'm seeing it is, is agents putting out those whiteboard type videos that have nobody in them and they're very robotic and it's cartoony and it's, it's their way of saying, I'm doing video. Yeah. No, no, you're yep. not. No, you're not. Yeah. You're it's, hiding. It's, yes. A million yeah. percent. And, and what Jess yeah. just said a, a few minutes ago you're going to go extinct. Like it's going to drive you out of business or you better be really good at cold calling or door knocking or calling expireds or all the things you probably hate doing. If you know, and that's honestly, that stuff's going to go extinct because the younger generations will have, will not, they're not going to have it. They're not going to answer their phone. They're not going to answer their door. Right. I don't answer my phone. Amen. Nobody does. I don't answer my phone. My phone lives on do not disturb. And even my mom knows that she has to text me for me to call her back. I love it. I love it. And that's, it's just, that's, that's the reality. That's the world that we're going into and people. And, and if you don't have that online presence, like you said, it's, it's like your, it's our yellow pages. It's, it's, if you don't have relevance online, you're basically going to make yourself irrelevant in this business in the next 10 years. Well, I want you to also like, I think back on, I got my license when I was 21. I got this big gray fat pager that I thought was just the coolest, made me so legit. And now, could you imagine? Could you imagine someone showing up with one of those? Basically, there's so many people that are still running their businesses like they like, like their cell phone is just their pager. And they're not actually using any of the, the tools or any of the things that we actually have nowadays. Attention has changed attention span has changed Mm. and the things that are actually important to people have also changed. And so it's not a matter of look at me, look at me, look how great I am. Social media is a social network. It is not a billboard. The thing that shocks me the most is when I see ads come up that are basically like a picture of someone's business card. And I'm like, Oh, you spent money on that. Like, (laughs) like it's, it's just, it's super shocking to me. And they're like, well, it's brand awareness. I'm getting myself in front of people. 
Well, the truth is, is that you will never break through the noise of all of the agents doing just listed, just solds and posting pictures of pretty staircases if you don't have something that's actually going to stand out and grab attention. Really good marketing is just being able to articulate what's in the back of your ideal client's head better than they can. Mm -hmm. When you can do that, they will automatically credit you with the solution and you will have that business immediately. No random social media agency that's posting the same thing on 500 people's pages with a different, with, with a different color background is going to be able to do that for you. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I love it. I could go on for days about this with you uh, because obviously I love it. And I love that you said this because, and I love that you, we really, the way that you brought this into one of the pieces of the puzzle to going from in the business to on the business, from going to more money, less hustle. Yeah. Like that is one of those puzzle pieces. Uh, obviously we're, we're getting long on time here and, and we really mm -hmm. drove that part home. Is there anything else? Cause you didn't mention that it obviously stood out to me, but are there any other uh, just quick bullet point ideas that, that somebody who's thinking to themselves, okay, that's one of them, but to get out of it, obviously I need to scale. I need to, I need to, I need to pay people to do the things that aren't money-making activity. Maybe the things that I don't like doing, what are, is there anything else that we, we didn't cover that you could just quickly summarize for somebody so they can kind of start thinking about it? Yeah, I think that there's, so there's the mindset piece of things, which is obviously really important. And I have an entire chapter in my book that's dedicated to the mindset part. But there's also the, 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 the team hiring and leadership. And there is not one, as much as people would like us to think that there's one way to scale a, a business or a team, there's not. And the, the differentiating things that change are people. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like, there's so many books out there that will say that this is the way that you, that you grow, or this is the way that you scale, you know, a seven figure team. And you may read that and be like, oh my gosh, but that's not how I would do things. And that's not me. And, and that's fine. The idea behind this is that, you know, there are people who are visionaries and there are also people who are going to be integrators and there's going to be people who are, it doesn't matter whether or not you are the biggest, you know, most outgoing visionary in the world, you can in your business still be the face and the brand and the voice and be the operations manager. Right. And, and be the behind the scenes runner of the business while everything else is outsourced. The idea behind this is to figure out what your zone of genius really is and how you can sit in that every day so that you're being the most effective. The other thing, too, that has been an absolute game changer for, for me in multiple businesses is hiring people who are better at me than certain things. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And what, it doesn't matter how, how much you want to believe that like you are the best at absolutely everything you're not. Yeah. And I hire people who are better than I am. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it elevates everything. The service that we provide is, is better than I would be able to do on my own. And everyone's happier because they're doing what they're really good at every single day and what they enjoy doing. And that is how you build a, not only a happy team, but also a super successful and really, and really efficient team, which then, you know, at the end of the day, allows you to buy a tremendous amount of your time back. Yeah. And, and when I said rest and it freaked Jeff out earlier, the, the idea of rest is you work hard and then you rest. 
You know, you work hard and then you rest because, you know, there's so I see a lot of people out there who are like, oh, like I'm amazing. I can only sleep. I can only I only sleep for three hours a day. Well, chances are like that's going to catch up to you at some point. That's not something you brag about, but people do. People do. People brag about the suffer. And so like the the messaging shift that I would love to see in this industry is, you know, I have this incredible life. I actually prioritize my my family and my children. My children see me not with a phone attached to my face. And I have this incredible thriving business that not only serves me, but also serves many, many people. Yeah. I love it. I love all of this. And also it allows you to not just buy back time, but buy a house in the Bahamas. So that's uh, that's, that's a byproduct of what you can do. If you, if you pay more attention to Jess, Jess, uh, what is the best place to a get the book yep. uh, and B uh, where, uh, where's the best place to connect with you? So the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So it's just called More Money, Less Hustle, Becoming the Seven-Figure Real Estate Agent. And the best place to find me would probably be my Facebook group, the Listings Lab Method for Real Estate Agents. We, uh, there's lots of trainings, lots of stuff in there. We try to give as much value as we possibly can. Where do you spend most of your time on social? Facebook. Old school. I like mm-hmm. it. Okay. It's still, the, it's still the place that I have the most the highest ROI. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's true. And it's also got the place with the most uh, six figure plus users. Yeah. And so I mean, where do I personally why. spend the most time? Yeah. TikTok. Yeah. But <laughs> I love myself a TikTok scroll hole. But um, but in terms of creation, um, I find that uh, Facebook is still is still our highest ROI. Fantastic. Well, I want to see, I want to go follow you personally and I want to see more like pink sand photos and, Absolutely. and and beach photos and sunsets. And are you on the sunrise or sunset side of the island? We are on the sunrise side of the island because it's the side of the island that has the beach. So we've got the Atlantic on one side and the Caribbean on the other. So you're on the Atlantic uh, side. I'm on the Atlantic side because, you know, waves make sand. What is the, are the waters like clear blue down there? absolutely turquoise and clear and uh, i want to see pictures damn it i want to see it. Pictures. you got it you got it i love it instagram follow me on instagram because that's Done. where that's where the most what is your what is your up. name on what is your name on instagram it's just at jess linovell perfect jess as always it's been a pleasure i love connecting with you it's really cool i learned some things uh, not even real estate related that i'd never known before so this is this was fascinating and i hope this inspires somebody because it got me thinking like you know what why why shouldn't i live in the bahamas i I love it i think that's this is awesome i love what you're doing i love the mindset that you're preaching go follow jess go go check out her listing labs uh, group because i think there's a lot to gain from that i know there's a lot to gain from that and go get the book more money less hustle i challenged her in the beginning and she completely answered the bell uh i <laughs> i love it you you go you go back to like having a coffee on the beach or something and i'm gonna go back to the midwestern 100 degrees weather here enjoy <laughs> <laughs> take care thanks Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. 
Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Agents Podcasts.